0: Hello and welcome back to Foolishly Faithful, episode twenty-six. The date is August second, twenty twenty-three. Uh, man, I don't know. Slow news week today, Steve. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> I don't really know I what we're know how we're gonna fill the time. Uh, <laughs> my goodness, this has been probably the bu- the busiest week in Mets news in in recent memory. Like probably as long as I've been watching, um, I can't remember a busier week than this trade deadline week. So to start, Steve, how are <laughs> How can you describe how you're feeling after this week of trades?
1: You know, I have really mixed feelings. I really do. i like, one hand, it's really bumming, like such a bummer to see like that we're giving up on this season, right? Like at the trade deadline, we're six games out, like only a game further out than San Diego and their buyers, right? Um, it's really bumming to see like Verlander be traded. That he has next year as an option, like that, or not as an option. We have him for next year. So like, we're basically punting on a great starting pitcher next year. And it's not like Verlander has been bad, right? Verlander has, like, a 3 ERA, like, a 2 ERA in his last, like, 10 starts or so. Or maybe not 10. Maybe that's a little far back. But he's been very good recently. Uh, it's not like Max Scherzer, who's a little bit worse and has, like, an option for next year. He'll probably exercise it. But it, it hurts to see them, like, it seemingly give up on 2024 too, although obviously we'll see how that turns out. But, like, on the other hand, like, Apple did a great job getting prospects for these guys. And like he brought back a haul for what we gave up pretty much rentals all across the board. How about you? What do you, what do you think? So like initial reactions.
0: Yeah, I feel similarly. Um, I'm definitely disappointed to finally see us putting up the white flag on the season. Um, even though it has felt like this team has been playing deservedly of a white flag for at least the past three months. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, to, to your point, like it sucks to see really good players go, um, especially when we could have used them next year. And in most other circumstances, you know, a, pl- a player of, for example, J- Justin Verlander's ca- caliber under contract would most assuredly be on the team next year um, if it wasn't for this new ownership group. Um, but I'm also feeling optimistic. I'm feeling like we d- made the most of what we had given the circumstances and um, there's a lot of reason for optimism at this point, even if it's at a really low point of defeat in the season. So yeah, mixed feelings, um, but we will jump all into it this episode. Um, we have a lot to break down. i will try to give you a little roadmap for the, for the episode. Um, we'll do a quick little recap of the Mets <laughs> three and four weeks since last week. Uh, we're not gonna spend too much time talking about these games because yeah. they've been pretty putrid and there's a lot more things to go talk about instead. Um, we'll break down the trades that the Mets made this week um, and talk about the direction the franchise is heading in and what we can might be able to expect from the future. Um, So Steve, do you want to give us a little recap of our games from the past week?
1: Sure. Uh, Like you already said, we're three, we have three to four this week since our last recording, Uh, we took a series from the Nats three out of four, and then we absolutely shit the bed against Kansas city. And like, I mean, there, there's a couple things on that with Kansas City is that A, it was right after the trade deadline. Everything got like blown up, and maybe there was just a like downtrodden feeling to the team. Maybe they just weren't up to playing, and it kind of crossed over to the next two games because they got whooped by one of the worst teams in baseball this year. Not just yeah. like the American League Central or whatever, but like they're easily one of the worst teams in baseball. Um, Some bad so, yeah, losses, our, too. Yeah, that, that, that wa- loss on Tuesday man that walk off balk was hurt like i fell asleep like i was literally on the couch watching like i just had you know that long week at work and like yeah. watching this team they were they were winning it they coughed it up and just a walk off balk is freaking embarrassing That's and tough. like on top on top of like all that trades those days like it just capped off the day like in a very messy way
0: for sure I mean, it's like meanwhile on the flip side of that like Justin Verlander right gets traded to the Astros and Framber <laughs> Valdez throws a no hitter, which is like they're having a great day. I'm happy for them, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, that was truly a tough, a tough series to watch. I watched a little bit of the first game. I couldn't spend too much time
1: watching these last two games. And I mean, if, look at thank goodness you didn't. The last two games, like obviously we got shut out in yesterday's game, and then shut out for eight innings in this game. We went 17 innings in a row without scoring a run. Like, yeah, and gave up nine
0: runs. To- he gave nine <laughs> runs this afternoon to the Royals. Um, so we'll keep an eye on it. You did mention, I, I haven't looked too closely. You said Nimmo was out again. I don't know if he was out today, but he had been sitting the first two games, um, which makes you wonder if that could be the reason for more hits. You know, Kansas City has a big outfield. Nimmo's like a good center fielder. Um, we put one of our new guys, Ortega, out there. Um, yeah, who the hell is Ortega? I've never heard of this guy. Like, I think he had played for the Yankees for a bit. Um, oh, great which is, you know, always mixed, mixed, <laughs> mixed response when he comes to play for the Mets. Um, but he has a pretty, uh, let's see. He, oh, he played for the for the Cubs for a little bit too. Uh, the Marlins and the Braves and the Angels. He's actually had quite a
1: quite a career. He, he's been around for quite a long time, actually. I, I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he took a lot of years off here and there, uh, but yeah. he, did, he did come up for, for the first time in 2012, so. Right. Um, but... Brandon Nimmo um, obviously was not in center field for the last three games. He's been out with some left quad tightness, uh, according to him. Yesterday, he's at 90 percent better, but you know, I guess the white flag's up. Why bother even risking an injury completely. to him? Um, yeah, just completely agree. Yeah, let him get completely healthy. Um, but yeah. didn't didn't enjoy watching Ortega in center field. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, I feel like I guess we'll get into it more uh, when we talk about the trades. But like, where are our prospects? Like, where's Ronnie Mauricio? Um, Why why is he not playing every game? When's his time? Why is Vientos not not played every game of the series? Um, Yeah. Like, it's time time to, we're we're waving the white flag. It's time to see what we got in our rookies, get them some seasoning. Right.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Golden opportunity at this point in the season. All righty. Shall we jump into the big roster moves? (laughs) All right. So, to do a quick uh, breakdown from the trades, the deadline, I'll name them off. And then we can go um, one by one with the details um, and then we can do our organizational overview and then we'll jump into player by player thoughts. All right. Briefly, briefly, the traits. I mean, we got a lot of stuff to cover. We (laughs) got to keep it tight today. All right. Traits on the deadline. David Robertson to the Marlins for second baseman, Marco Vargas and catcher Ronald Hernandez, um, 18 years old, 19 years old, Max Scherzer and $22 million to the Rangers for shortstop. Luis Angel Acuna, 21 years old. Mark Hanna to the Brewers for Justin Jarvis, pitcher, 23 years old. Justin Verlander and $35 million a year to the Astros for outfielder Drew Gilbert, 22 years old, and outfielder Ryan Clifford, 20 years old. Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks for shortstop Jeremy Rodriguez, 17 years old. And then Dominic Leone to the Angels for shortstop Jeremiah Jackson, 23 years old. Um, And I'll throw in the two from earlier in this season, which were uh, relief pitcher Zach Muckenhearn, Who? Um, yeah. <laughs> to the Mariners for Trevor Gott and Chris Flexin. um, and then Eduardo Escobar I'm sorry no I'm sorry Zach and Mer- Zach Muckinhern right to the Mariners to- and we got back Gott and we immediately let go of Uh and then the last one was Eduardo Escobar to the Angels back in June for pitchers Coleman Crow and Landon Marco
2: Whew. A,
1: lot
0: a lot of moves okay Billy <laughs> <laughs> um, alright so I guess to the first trade of this, of this deadline was the Roberts into the Marlins deal.
1: Right. That was like, you the, the official we're selling mode. Right. I mean, he, uh, obviously not gonna help us a lot next year. He's not under contract next year. And like, if we're not going anywhere, we don't need a excellent closer.
0: Um, yeah, but I, I think, mean, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think the closer is usually, I, I think the most, uh, valuable, asset for a team that's trying to sell because if you have a closer who's or, or any bullpen bullpen arms are always needed at the trade deadline um and if you have a closer like robertson who, who has had a pretty solid year for the mets um it, it made sense that he was the first to go it's like the easiest piece to move um i'm i'm not really i don't really know too much about the prospects we got in return this 18 year old second baseman and this 19 year old catcher um but i think it was the right move to kick out to kick off our selling period
1: yeah, I mean, like, that is, like, it, it's interesting because the first couple moves happened, you know, not too far away from each other, right? Like, obviously, some of those were, like, right at the deadline, but, like, Scherzer, Canada, Robertson were all pretty close together. Um, and Robertson was really the only one that hurt in terms of, like, what the impact to this year's team is, right? Like, Canada was not really contributing to this year's team. Scherzer, although it was a big name and it's a workhorse, but, like, a 4 ERA is, like, a replaceable number. mm mm-hmm. um, but, like, David Robertson, like, was locking it down for us. Um, so, you yeah, know, that, that one of the first kind of tranche of sh- trades that we threw out there really hurt.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, to Scherzer's point that he was, you know, complaining about afterwards is like, oh, you got rid of our closer. Like, this is, like, really a sign that you're you're willing to sell because if you're giving away the most reliable arm of the bullpen, that means you're starting to whittle down the team. So, yeah, yeah he hurt. And I think uh, – you know, in a, in a world where we had Edwin Diaz and we had a, a more generally, you know, healthy pitching staff, I think Robertson would have been even more crucial as an eighth-inning guy. Um, so, yeah, to see him go as your closer didn't feel great because he was just reliable. Okay, next up <laughs> is the big dog, uh, Max Scherzer. So, of course, as I just mentioned, you know, after Robertson got traded, he felt like, Scherzer felt like he had to get things sorted and straight with the front office, and uh, apparently spoke to Billy Epler and Steve Cohen about the direction of the organization, um, which we'll jump into after this. <laughs> um, but eventually, was able to waive his no-trade clause to play for a contending team in
1: the Texas Rangers. Do we do we want to go into the whole conversation with Scherzer now, or do you want we want to save that for later? Um.
0: Let's save it for later because I think right. I, I have a lot to say about Scherzer because <laughs> right. um, I've always had
1: opinions yeah, mean, on Scherzer like, as a player. Cool. As far as like the trade itself, um, you know, Scherzer was not helping us at the moment this year, right? He's he's not been great. He doesn't seem like his former self. Um, obviously four year kind of shows that it's still Max Scherzer, it's still like a veteran like mad dog presence there that like he's such a gamer, he's like really a professional. Um, yeah, he probably would have opted in for next year as well. Um, so you don't know what you know what he would have been like next year, but we got a good haul back, right? I mean, we got a, a top 100 prospect, probably top 50 prospect in all of baseball. Um, and he's, at, you know, I don't know if we go and, want to go into like our total return, but like he's currently sliding as the number two prospect in the Mets farm system. Uh, That's pretty amazing, yeah. And uh, obviously, he's also uh, Rodel Nakuna Jr.'s little brother. Uh, well, which is, which is which is pretty great. I hope I hope we get to see him in the majors and they get to play against each other. Um, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, a lot has been said about him, and like Acuna has said a lot about, like Ronald Acuna Jr. said a lot about him, uh, basically saying like, you know, maybe we're as talented, but he's definitely more more developed than I was at his age. Um, you look at their numbers at the same level and their same age, and they're almost identical. Yeah. Um, Acuna, maybe like Ronald Acuna. I like can see yeah, you're having to distinguish uh, now, you know. The, the Braves Acuna, uh, maybe had a little more pop and our Acuna had a little more speed. uh mm. but very, very, very similar numbers uh, in the minors so far. Obviously, who knows what that translates to in the majors. But if we get a similar player to Ronald Acuna Jr. for Max Scherzer, I'll call that a win of a trade every time.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think, I mean, if it's in the if it's in the if it's in the bloodline, you know, let's let's keep it rolling. Let's let's have all the Acuna brothers. If, if should there be more, <laughs> um, because I'm I'm also hoping there's a little but little bit of that uh you know little brother kind of fire to be yeah, better, than, yeah. better than your older brother and try to show him <laughs> up. So maybe we'll see a
1: someone who's a better player than Ronald Acuna Jr. And like the. If you, I don't know, I've just, like, seen some video and like they're the same person. It's like how like I don't know. We noted earlier uh, in the season we were watching like the World Baseball Classic how like yep. Alexis Diaz looks exactly like like a fat version of um, Edwin <laughs> yeah. Diaz and like yeah. the pitching or the motion is the same. Like it's the same thing with them. They look very similar to each other. Uh, Luis Anhill looks a little sh- smaller, like slider. Obviously, he's a little younger, mm-hmm. um, but also like the swing is the same. The batting is the same. It's very it's very cool to see.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Next trade up was Mark Canna to the Brewers uh, for a pitcher, Justin Jarvis. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of him. He's, he's 23, so he's on the older end of the prospects we, we acquired. Um, but he slots in now at our the Mets' 15th overall, um, overall uh, prospect in our farm system. Um, with a projected date of 2024, so he's on the other side. He's a little closer to major league ready. Um, I think he's currently in Triple A ball right now. Uh, so it's good. I think we needed some pitchers, some pitching uh, depth of all of our trades that we made in this past week. Um, Justin Jarvis is the only pitcher. Um, the rest of the players that we received, prospects, prospects wise, were um, position players. Is not that wild?
1: Also, by the way. Yeah. Like, oh, I think I, it's true, Yeah. I I don't know if we're getting into the whole hall as like a separate conversation, but like that is crazy that like this team that is so starved for pitching right now, especially pitching prospects, acquired zero pitchers at the deadline. Fascinating. One, one guy. Yeah. One guy. I mean, That's my biggest question. He's like, what the what the fuck are we doing? What happened? What happened? <laughs> Out of the price for pitcher pitching prospects was just higher. Whether there's not high level pitching prospects available, and the Mets took the idea of, like, let's just get the best available player and yeah. be damned to the position. Um, right. But, yeah.
0: Um, okay, so the next... So, also, Mark Canna being out. Um, you know, Mark Mark was important to the team. I think last year, especially, he had a bigger role. Um, but, you know, it's he wasn't playing as big of a role this year, so his eventual trade... Um,
1: was not surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's not playing a huge role this year. He's this is contract year. We're not going anywhere. Get rid of everybody we can, I guess, in that sense. It's not going to help next year. Um, he's been on the decline this year. The fact that we got anything for him is fantastic. Um, yeah. We got, we got something decent for him, right? Like, again, he's ranked at a number 15 prospect. Like, we've got a pitcher. Like, he's struggled so far in AAA for what he's done. But like, yeah, it's, it's nice that we got something for him.
0: Um, let's see. Our next person on the trade block uh, that got traded was Justin Verlander. Uh, this it one is. was the big shocker. Um, yeah. I got this letter on my phone. I looked down and I was was totally stunned. Uh, yeah. Verlander, plus $35 million a year to the Astros for their number one and number two prospects in their farm system, which were two outfielders by the name of Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford. Um, I'm excited for these two kids. I, I think I, I watched this clip of Drew Gilbert hitting this, I guess, walk-off Grand Slam in one of the regional turn- one of the regional games of the College World Series, and it was pretty exciting. It was pretty – this kid got pretty excited, um, and it's pretty cool to imagine. You know, sometimes you see these videos of these – the college world series games and they're so they're so pumped up and just and to, to imagine one of these kids wearing a mess jersey is is pretty fun
1: yeah gilbert is in uh double a right now i think uh, struggling a little bit but overall good um they you know according to mlb's website i don't know what this you know the validity of this but his eta in the majors is 2025 and then uh ryan clifford uh is in uh a ball right now i a uh, he's doing pretty well but again if the ETA is 2026, according to MLB's website. Um, but they slot up as high prospects. Um, it, it's an interesting, like we said, like the the strategy of getting all these position players. I don't know if it's going to be we're going to have a ton of prospects, and this will help us trade stuff going forward. But um, well, I don't know what the obviously strategy is. But it does seem like they had a strategy at least.
0: I hope we find out soon. <laughs> Um, the next trade was Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks for short-term general. Yes. Tony Pham! We'll he'll, we no longer have to talk about Tony Pham or mispronounce his name because he's no longer a Met. Um, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll forget he was ever a Met. We'll forget, before, he, was,
0: he, met. We'll forget he was a Met by September. We will. Um, until there's news about him, you know, getting a, <laughs> doing something crazy.
1: He's going to wind um, up winning NL MVP. Just <laughs> just
0: for, his, for the highest exit velocity across the league. <laughs> Um, yeah, this one was interesting. This is, this is a, a trade for another shortstop, um, another shortstop. <laughs> Jeremy Rodriguez, who is 17 years old. He was just drafted, I think from the international player draft. Um, I think that's super, super interesting because he's someone who's pretty far away from major league time being 17 years old. Um, he is outside of the top three in rookie ball right now. Um, in terms of what prospect rankings, Steve,
1: uh, he certainly he's outside of the Mets top thirty. Um, yeah. I, I don't know where he slots into the Mets organization, um, but but he's he's got to be far down there, right? I mean, he's he's a lottery ticket, right? At the end of the day, like a seventeen year old in rookie ball, even if he's a highly touted prospect, is a lottery ticket at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think obviously the scouting is less thorough as opposed to uh, perhaps a player who went to like like an American university where you know you have eyes on you during the College World Series and stuff. If you're 17 years old um, and coming from from a different country, there, there might be less scouting. Um, but I trust that they are seeing something that is really good in this kid. Um, Tommy Fam, I thought, would have gotten a. a I, I think Tommy Fam, based on how he's playing this season, deserves a pretty high return. Um, I
1: would have thought he'd gotten more than Canna, who plays a pretty similar position um, and certainly not having or near as good of a year. I agree. Um, Obviously, Justin Jar- Justin Vargas- Jarvis is a little older um, and is just getting into AAA for the first time. Yeah, and struggling a little bit. So maybe you know we'd rather like a uh, young lottery ticket is better than like a mid relief pitching prospect. I don't know, um, but yeah, yeah.
0: we'll uh, see. Yeah, hopefully it it's it's something really good in I the mean, future. We'll- We'll see
1: in 2027, because he's 17 years old, right? Like, <laughs> he's not going to be around until at least four years. Like oh, Right? Man. Like, how many 20-year-olds make the majors? It's pretty rare. Only the um, best
0: ones. Only the very, very best ones. Right.
1: Yeah. So, like, at minimum, we have, we're have we not going to see him until 2026, right? Yeah. Like And that would be if he's killing it, right? Yeah.
0: Um, and then he needs a new, he needs a new position, a, <laughs> right.
1: like all the other shit to do. Oh, or like, by, the then, maybe, by then, maybe Lindor will be transitioning out of shortstop, right? Maybe. Like by 2027, 20, maybe we will need a shortstop by then. Right. <laughs> That'd be interesting. I
0: wonder where Lind- Lindor will be playing in five years. It's an interesting yeah. thought experiment.
1: He's still, he's still on the younger side, right? I mean, he's like, what, yeah. 29 right now? Yeah. 30, maybe?
0: Yeah, and he's like 30. And I think he name. has, he has the best range, some of the best range in the majors. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah um anyways last trade of this past week was dominic leone um really buzzer pitch, yeah buzzer beater to the angels for another shortstop um <laughs> Jer- jeremiah jackson who's 23 years old um and he slotted in at 23 in our farm system i mean sure yeah, again I mean, the also- fact that we
1: got anything for him like great like i think he's he's a rookie right I mean, he's on a rookie contract we would probably stop him for a couple more years Um dominic leone yeah, so, like, he probably... Oh, no, no, he's not. I'm sorry. I'm way off on him. I did not realize how old he was. Nice
0: he's uh, 31.
1: He's been around for a while. Yeah, my mistake. But I feel um, like
0: he just came... Like, when he came up this year... Oh, well, he was signed in May of this year. Hmm. Um, and, uh, oh, he was released by the Rangers, funnily enough, earlier this huh. season after signing a mildly contract with them. So he was kind of in the, in the minors, um,
1: but he... Came up and obviously had a few appearances for the Mets this year. Yeah, I was sick of watching him. Right, like four and a half ERA. I feel like every time he came in, he just threw gas on the fire. Um, In fact, we got literally anything for him. Like, yay! Like, (laughs) we're really surprised. I mean, maybe there was like, and I'm
0: looking at his past teams: Mariners, Diamondbacks, Blue Jays, Cardinals, uh, then Indians, San Francisco Giants, Rangers. I was gonna say maybe the Angels saw him a lot and. Had sort of like what they'd seen, but I don't know. It's been a while since he played the Mariners in the AL West, so who knows? Who knows what they saw in him? But I'm happy to have him off the Mets in exchange for something more promising.
1: Yeah.
2: Whew.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> so that was a brief. That was a brief bit on the trades um, and who we got back. <laughs> um, what we'll do next is we're going to talk a little bit about the direction of. Uh, You know, the franchise, how we move forward from here. And we'd like to bring in uh, Ray, who's joined us.
2: Ray's here. Hey, Ray. What's up, guys? (laughs) What's up, Ray? Hey. A little little late to the party.
0: That's all right. That's all right. The Mets were this year, too. It's okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're not really inspiring me at the moment. Like, I'm not rushing to do anything Mets-related after what's been going on. That's fair. We get it we get it, we get it. promises <laughs>
0: um well your opinion is as valuable as anyone's um and i'm looking forward to hearing what you think as we jump into um what we think the future of the franchise is going to be
1: <laughs> what are what are like i guess you know we, we talked about it briefly in like a micro sense of each trade but like what what the what are the what's the feeling for you ray of like the whole trade, like the whole everything that went down, and like what we got in return, and what we gave up, and like what, what's your feeling, your initial reaction there? We 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 got into a little bit of a What you got?
2: Um, thank you for asking that question because, like, I really want to speak about it. Like, I'm I'm conflicted. I'm honestly conflicted because, you know, coming down to the deadline, we didn't do bad but we didn't do great. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really sure what we were going to do. And being f- like, full out sellers didn't catch me off guard. I'm happy that they that they did it. You know, I'm happy that they made a decision and committed to it. But what we got in return kind of confused me, I, I feel like something that we struggled with and like, a area that we needed to improve upon was our pitching you know starting and bullpen especially like we traded away two clo- uh two starters and like our closer for this year so you know my thought was we were going to get some kind of like pitching going on but we it seemed like we've got like overwhelmingly like a lot of amount of infielders yeah yeah,
1: I think, I think all but I think we got eight people at the deadline, and I think five were infielders, two were outfielders, and we got a pitcher. Um, I guess four we were a, infielders and one's a catcher.
2: If you want to separate catcher from
1: infield, but
2: we, we got a we got a catcher. Why do we got a catcher when we <laughs> what Alvarez? I don't see Alvarez going anywhere anytime soon. Alvarez Here and have, Parada. Parada's Parada. our top yeah. prospect.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. we've Kevin Parada, the catcher. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. We got two outfielders, which was an area that we needed to fill because we're still, like, you know, not sold on that. But we gave up two outfielders. So, you know, that's, you know, you know a trade in itself. One thing, like, somebody, like, pointed it out to me was uh, we got a lot of shortstops, and typically, like, shortstops are one of the more athletic, you know, players on the team. So they have more potential to shift to another sp- uh, position. But that being said, you know we're we're running that experiment with Mauricio right now in the minors. So I, yeah, that's true. So we we already were sh- struggling finding positions to play our our young players this year. With you know Vientos coming up only on the sake that you know he's in DH now. Like infield was not a position that I thought that we needed to really like load up upon. All that being said, though, we restocked our farm system. We had a lot of youth. And, you know, we traded away three players that were over the age of, like, 38 for, like, four or five top 100 prospects. We weren't going anywhere this season. So, all in all, like, it, it was a smart move. I can't argue that. I'm just a little disappointed that the cards fell the way that they fell, especially that he said that we're not going to be competitive next season the way it looks.
0: Who knows? Who knows what that means?
1: Yeah, you used the term "caught off guard" earlier, and I really, I think that was a really good way to describe like that was how I felt about the Verlander trade. Like everybody else, I get and like I saw coming, like selling. I was really shocked that we sold Verlander because of his like he'll be on the team for next year, like. I was in a meeting and I got out of the meeting and someone who like, I don't know, it's pretty like, there's a small office. Everybody knows I'm a big Mets fan. And like, we're like, Oh, how you feeling? And I'm like, what? And like, I look at my like phone and like, it's blown up and like, Oh yeah, Verlander got traded. And I'm like, like it's very, it was, I mean, I was shocked that Verlander got traded. I, I wasn't surprised at everybody else, but like, but like to your point where you, what, like, I, and I heard this with someone else say this too, like we got, Three, we traded three pitchers over the age of 38, and we got four top 100 prospects for them. I mean, that's that's pretty solid. Uh, we really didn't trade anybody who's going to help us next year, except for Verlander. Mm. Um, the outfielders we got rid of are gone after this year. Uh, right. We really restocked the farm system. It was a great job by Epler.
2: It still we, hurts. That, um, like, that's what it comes down to. Like it, we. I did not want to see it happen. It hurts, but you know. It's better than, you know, running out these contracts and getting nothing in return. Of course. Of course.
1: And, like, you see what the Yankees did uh, at the deadline, which was nothing. Um, and their fans yeah. are furious, right? Like <laughs> oh, yeah. They're in a similar position to we are, even though they have a winning record. If you take out the games they played against the A's and the Royals, they actually have a losing record. <laughs> you got to play everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but like you know, they, they I think the day after the day of the deadline, or maybe the day after the deadline, Cole's pitching and he gave up a home run, and like the whole crowd started chanting fire Cashman. Like, wow, Which I feel like they, they chant every year. Um, but this <laughs> year they're actually in last place, so yeah. like they actually maybe have a reason for it. Right. Um, but... Yeah,
0: I think to the point about just restocking and just having all of these players now. Like we got really good returns. Um, mm-hmm. Like these are all like talented players they're athletic they're young um but i mean as we've been saying like i don't know what we're going to do with it it's just it's going to be a log jam players going to be blocked from playing at the major league level like we can't play all these guys at shortstop or infield right if you if you look at our prospect list like number two acuna shortstop number three mauricio shortstop number five jet williams shortstop (laughs) number 14 jesus bias shortstop third base and it just keeps in addition to the other shortstops that we got um that's not including marco vargas who we got who's infielder is right. his designation that's, right right Is that or um jeremiah jackson right i didn't even get to him right so all these players we have all these guys who are valuable um and maybe that's a strategy right is that not all of them are going to pan out because they are prospects but you buy someone on the promise that they might Um, And it's something that it's like, all right, we'll just have to figure it out later. If they get to the point where they become so good that it's clearly they're going to be major league ready, then maybe you move them or then maybe you make a decision. But as for right now, it's just like, all right, we have these. I I hate calling players assets because it's because they're not they're players and they're real people. But like we have these 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 people who who can do a lot of things, but we just don't know how to use them yet. And we don't know how to like really optimize them for this team. It's like okay. imagine the three of us came upon like you know we walked in the street and some like some peddler, someone on the side of the street was like, "Hey, you want to buy this like box of like uh, I don't know like air conditioning fluid and it's like it's really valuable. I'll give you a good deal <laughs> on it. you know we're like sure we have the money we'll pay for it and now we have this really valuable asset but it's like what the fuck do we do with air conditioning fluid (laughs) maybe we can find someone to buy it or like maybe we can use it we can refill our own things and save money on air conditioning i don't know my point
1: is that we have all of these things that are really valuable and i don't know how what's going to be the outcome of it i like that you don't want to call them assets but you're okay with calling them like air conditioning fluid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's where you do the assets is where you draw the line.
0: That's <laughs> what they really are. They are assets. Oh man. I know, but they're also
1: players, and it's like, you know, they're people and have yeah. like, full lives. I think a big thing of that is like it gives us the ability to trade if we're in like a buy mode at a deadline, right? right? Like if next year we're doing well and we need to get a like pitcher at the deadline, it gives us a bunch of assets to pull from. Right. Sorry to say assets again.
2: Okay. No, I got for the sake of argument, I got it. That's what they were this like this time around, you know, we got them in like pretty much trade trades for you know, we were unloading and they were, you know, acquiring. So either they pan out or, you know, how many of them were 17, 18 years old? Next year they're still gonna have that same, you know, prospect potential. If we're if we're buyers next year. You know they're being shipped off, shipped off to Texas because now you know their World Series run didn't pan out, and now they're sellers. You know it, it's, it's we, like we, a, we, it's a, it's like a roller coaster, uh, like a merry-go-round. So, when we get Jacob grab back next year, for Texas <laughs> <and> prospects.
1: <laughs> I like so actually, there was something I meant I meant to bring up about the tra- the Texas trade with Scherzer. I'm super disappointed that not that we got. Um, acuna that we couldn't wrangle getting lighter it would have been mm. so sweet to get lighter as a met like
2: that'd be cool I, I, it's not Al Lighter's son that's his uh nephew who's the
1: son no i'm pretty sure that's a son
2: it's his nephew jack Leiter? No, the, the cubs lighter
1: is his nephew i think that mark his... lighter jr is is the cubs i think that's his nephew I'm pretty sure Jack Lighter is his son unless I'm I mean I could be yes. mistaken. Yeah. Oh, Jack Lyder, Jack, Jack yeah, Lighter is out Two There is
0: in the league?
2: Yes, there's two Lighters. Oh, yeah I, knew, yeah. I knew there was like two like senior Lighters. There's two junior Lighters also. So Mark Lighter Jr. is pitching for the Cubs right
1: now. Jack Lighter, who Mark Lighter Jr. is Jack, is out Lighter's nephew. Um yeah. Mark, Jack Lighter is in the Rangers farm system right now. I think he's like their one number one or number two prospect. He
2: is Al Leiter's son. Oh yeah, we should have got him. Damn.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to me that we couldn't get him. Like especially like with Cohen being a Mets fan, I feel like that would have been perfect.
2: A lot of nepotism going on. Like bring Hell him up. Yeah. I I think I like I like where we're going
0: with that, especially since Al Leiter <laughs> was just inducted into the Mets Hall of Fame this year. Um, but I'm I think uh, Jack Leiter had not too great of a season um, in this past year. I think last year he went 3-10 and with a 5.54 ERA. Um, and I I think it's good, but it's like at that point, I don't think that he would be enough for a Verlander trade. I think we might have wanted to get someone else. And at that point, if we can get Acuna, you might as well go for the bigger fish, I think.
1: Yeah, I think there's also the, pro- the idea that, like, I think position players are probably a safer prospect bet than... Right. Pitching prospects, yeah, um, especially, yeah, especially with
0: how fast everyone's throwing now, and Tommy Johns and everything. Right, right, right. Yeah, but that would be cool. That would be cool to get Jack Lighter and continue the Lighter legacy. Maybe he'll be a Met one day.
1: Hopefully, that'd be that'd be nice. Well, Honestly, I would well, loved that Lighter as a, as a kid.
2: Um, one last thing, like I want to like throw in before we finish talking about like some of these prospects, um, the guy Drew Gilbert that we got. Yeah. Um, one of my coworkers, like, uh, he has a son that like pitches college ball, like nothing like too great. I think it's he's out of St. John's or like St. Joe's, one of, like the small Brooklyn teams. But he said like one of his teammates, you know, from years back, ended up playing on Tennessee, and is playing along with Drew Gilbert. So like my coworker's son like follows Tennessee like college ball. And when he saw the trade, he was just like, you know, Gilbert, like, he's got a bat. Like, he said, like, the kid's going to be an all star. Like, obviously, like, you know, just a, a college player's no major league scout or anything. But, like, the way that, like, my coworker was talking about it, he said, like, his son, like, knows that, like, he's, you know, really got that stuff. So yeah. I think it's kind of exciting. Like, I saw like that they post like a clip of like one of his walk offs and it was like a moonshot.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. like I love those stories when like we know someone who knows someone who like was in is in the majors or something like that. I don't it's, it's, talk.
2: Great it's like, you know, yeah, coworkers, sons, degrees of like, yeah. Co workers, celebration. Yeah. Like, like it's like f- five degrees of separation. So like it has yeah. to be true, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It has to be true. I like heard from someone trust, I trust what does trust. that mean to me <laughs> like
2: i know a guy who knows a guy yeah. Yeah. your roommate's <laughs> nephew's son's friend's uncle yeah uh and if, like, it does pan out i'll be like i told you so i told you <laughs> i always knew you had it in.
1: all right so i think that's gonna wrap us up for our first half uh we're gonna be right back and we're gonna talk more about the trade deadline the direction the mets are going in and uh anything else that crosses our mind and stuff around the league maybe a Shohei Ohtani update let's we'll see um all right well, uh, we'll be right back
0: and welcome back um we're back for our second half we're gonna jump right back in to um how we feel about the direction of the Mets organization and where we're left now that we traded away six players and we have a whole new slew of prospects um, so I guess the thing to sort of ground us is um well steve cohen had a little press conference today before the mess game he's interviewed by sny and other reporters and one of the things he said that stuck out to me was he said hope isn't a strategy and there's something about that that it feels different it feels kind of good because it's so unlike anything that i've thought to believe as a mets fan where is that <laughs> you know we'll just turn it around or like you know this team is going to play better we just got to stick our nose to it but Steve Cohen is built different, and he wants to. And he, he thinks about things differently. Um, so I don't. Yeah.
2: Faithful. Say it again, right? Is he not foolishly faithful? <laughs> <laughs> he may, yeah, he may
0: I, be I the. He, he may be the most foolishly faithful. He might. He might be two billion
1: dollars worth of foolishly faithful. But as a um, Met fan, I do feel like hope is a strategy. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Why do you think we're so passionate? Hopeful. i think we're yeah. still mets fans <laughs> yeah
0: no I, I agree um but anyway but i think like he also said like is anyone surprised about like the moves that we've made because i think a lot of the questions he was receiving were like 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 how are you feeling about like the direction of this team now or like that you have to do all these things and he's like didn't you guys hear me at my press conference like a month ago like if things are not going well i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to change course like this was we tried this this approach of like buying our old players buying the veterans and trying to push for a championship and it didn't work we tried our best i spent my money it didn't like we gave it our best shot it didn't work out so um he's he's gonna pivot which i'm grateful for that we were able to pivot so quickly um that we're able to like put our head on all right and say like okay the future is going to be different um so i'm excited about it uh it 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 makes getting it makes losing some of these great players feel a little better
2: Well, even with like some like like sending money over with scherzer and berlander like i think in his previous press conference he said like you know all these all these acquisitions we've made like it's money spent already yeah we're not gonna like harp on you know losses or whatnot so at first, when I saw that, like we were sending money over for for Verlander and Scherzer, especially with, like Verlander's like option, I was like, "Oh my god! Like, why? Like, we're losing out on this trade." But then, you know, take into consideration like we're getting prospects, and you can't like buy prospects flat out. I'm sure if if Cohen had the ability to buy prospects,
0: we'd he be would, doing that. <laughs>
2: he'd be doing that left and right. But like you know, you got to do that like in a package, and like he said like like a month ago, he was like, these play, like, I already spent this money. And if I could get anything for it, I'm, g- I'm going to go and do it. So, like, I'm happy that, like, he's committed. You know, it's, it, it bites to, like, lose these players, but I think the return is greater than the loss.
1: Yeah. I think, and, um, you know, he's a businessman and, like, something they teach in business is that, like, the sunk cost fallacy that, like, this cost is already done. Like nothing you do in the future is going to recoup that cost. So like you can keep sinking costs into that because you already did, but that's like, that's a bad thinking because it's already gone. Like putting more money after bad money doesn't help. Mm. Um, to your point about buying prospects, he did buy prospects. I mean, that's exactly what he did and it's not really being talked about around the league, at least in the news that I've seen. Like he literally just bought prospects. Like he, he, gave out all the cash he needed to. He said, I will give you this Hall of Fame player and pay their entire salary if you give me top prospects. Like, that is like, – he literally just put his wallet and bought prospects. I mean, it was roundabout way in a way that is allowed under the rules of baseball, but he in bought prospects. In his own way. In his own way that yeah. only he could, right? <laughs> right, it's not care. like
0: – yeah, I think – yeah, it's not like he's going – I, I think what what Ray might be saying is it might be illegal to go. I'm not sure. It might be illegal sure, to sure. go to a team and say, I will pay you X million dollars for your top right. prospects. So it has sure. to be through a, like a package deal with a major league baseball player. I believe. Uh, sure, no but
1: like, I mean, for Verlander, right? Like the Astros are paying, going to pay him $7 million over the next, like next year. Like, He's, they're getting a Hall of Fame pitcher for seven million dollars. a steal for them like, too. Shit. Yeah, you but like like Cohen does not care. He's
2: oh, just paying the rest oh, of their right style. You know, like. hmm? He's going right back. And then he just won a championship with, with them last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's why it's well, I mean the Astros might feel like they can give up those prospects too, is because they just won a championship. They're getting they have a a major league World Series winning pitcher ready to go who wants to come back to their team. That makes sense for them to get rid of those prospects.
2: They, they uh-huh. let him come to New York, pitch out the cold months, you know, get his arm hot <laughs> and ready for, you know, the stretch. Exactly. And now, now he's red hot. Exactly. And, like, one thing I saw, like, I don't know, like, how accurate it was, but it's was, like, like, one of those graphs I saw on Instagram where it, you know, it showed, like, all the different teams in the league and how many uh, uh, players that they drafted – versus the percentage of them that w- actually made it to the major leagues. And out of all the teams, the Astros have, like, the highest percentage of, you know, draft picks actually going to the majors. So seeing that we got two of their top prospects was seemed promising to me. Like, you know, out of all the teams, like, they were – these players are probably the ones that were actually going to make it to the big leagues. So – Conversely, like the Mets had like the worst.
0: Interesting. All right. So on that point about the Ast- the Astros, whatever it is, their training regimen, the way they draft players. Um, there's a guy who it is expected to sign as the president of baseball operations with the Mets, David Stearns, um, who was the president of baseball operations with the Brewers and also was with the Astros. Um, and, you know, the Astros have not, you know, the Astros used to used to be terrible right like they like they um were were really not great for many years they're the laughing stock of the nl central when there are six teams in in that division um but david stearns who um was hired as the assistant general manager uh to the for the astros in 2012 the astros had just lost 100 games in the past two seasons he was Brought on um, and was able to really turn around most of their system and their scouting and everything, and now they're like a sustainable organization that just produces these amazing major leaguers. Like this kid, I mean, last year when it, who won World Series MVP, Jeremy Pena, rookie, 25 years old. What's going on? Like, why why can't the Mets do it? So that it's that type of those type of moves that I think Cohen wants to make and wants to build the the system up. So it's it's. You know, it's starting to build at the farm. It's bringing in better op- baseball ops people. Um, bottom up. Bottom up, because that's, that's what's going to bring you lasting success. Um, so looking forward to that.
1: And I think, like, when it comes to something, a team like the Mets, and, like, we've all lived through it, but, like, th- there needs to be, like, a systemic change in, like, culture and processes to, like, change what this team does, right? I mean, we've done the same thing kind of over and over where we, like, have a good years or have like a surprisingly good year and it's followed by like not being able to do anything like this year. Um, or it's followed by disaster like last year. Yeah. Um, but like, and it also helps attract that talent too. When you are able to have like a farm, like there. Is Cohen is trying to build by buying these prospects that like, if you're a president of baseball operations, are you going to want to come into a situation where like you have a depleted farm for your team? Like you don't have a lot of major league talent on your team. Like, the prospect, like the prospects, help the future look brighter, and I think help attract that kind of like David
2: Stern or other kind of like baseball talent. Oh, because honestly, we were in like a buy now, oh, win now mode, and everybody, you know, hears that and thinks it's you know rainbows and butterflies. But nobody really thinks about the next two or three years afterwards. We didn't get the win now by now. So we're in the afterwards a little bit earlier than we expected which is without the championship. Yeah. So I, I actually, you know, I, I applaud, you know, management for acknowledging it early. And instead of, you know, doing what we've always have right out the season Waste these players' contracts, don't get anything in return, have to watch them walk away. We knew we weren't going anywhere. We're not beating, we couldn't beat the Dodgers this year, we couldn't beat Atlanta this year, we couldn't beat any of the teams that we should have beaten. We couldn't beat, you know, the Nationals or the Marlins or the Royals. The Royals, <laughs> I guess, we just I guess by the Royals, and the fact that you know, we. Acknowledged it early and pulled the trigger and actually got something for once, you know, it's a change of pedigree that, you know, it's promising for the future. Not looking forward to next year or the rest of the season. But, you know, it's actually a little promising because we have we have good young players now. And if the young players that we just acquired pan out or we trade them for other good players, we have a future.
0: I completely agree. Um, but to your point, Ray, about you're not looking forward to next year. I mean, I'm not really either, but I also feel like we still have a chance. I think even this team currently in its current state is still a fringe wildcard team. I think there's the talent. There's enough talent on this team to be a fringe wildcard team. Um, and... You know, Scherzer, who we'll get into in the next segment, you know, made some comments to The Athletic about the, the what he heard from Billy Upler, about the direction of the team, and we're not going to be competitive until 2025. I don't really know if I buy that. You you think we're we're going to let, like, the the primes of Nimmo and Lindor and still some health with Marte? I mean, Alonzo's last year in the Mets, like, potentially. I don't know to jinx that or say anything. But, um, you know, all these players we have now, do you think we're just going to throw that season away? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I think they're, you know, we're definitely in rebuild mode. But I think I could see the Mets making some small deals, um, in the off season, to get us in a place where we could maybe be competitive next year.
1: I would like love to get more into like the Scherzer comments. Um, uh, honestly, like, because I think that's like a lot of where my mixed feelings come from. Like we talked about earlier that I think that. I'm glad, even though I'm upset that like the Mets are waving a white flag on this season and like they're not does not look like they're gonna make a, try to make, even try to make a run, forget making a run. Um, although I do think we're gonna be comically close to a playoff spot come September, um, <laughs> and then we'll blow it again. But um, I do think that like they had a plan, they stuck to it, and they did very well on that plan, right? Like they are not gonna just eat the contracts and just like stamp and see what happens. Um, they didn't buy and send more capital out, but like, in terms of next year, 2024, right? Let's say like, let's buy into what Scherzer said and believe that that is the truth of the matter. Um, like, I, I, I think Scherz, I do think that what Scherzer said is what he was told. I don't believe he made something up. I think that he was told by Billy Appler and Steve Cohen that next year is not where they're going, like not where they're planning for. <laughs> Does that mean that we're really not going to go after the free agents next year? Does that mean we're not going to attempt to go after Shohei Otani next year?
2: If it's like, available?
1: I mean, but that, that, that's what he both said, right? Like, That's yeah. what Scherzer said was told to him, that they are not going to go after the prime free agents next year. And that would obviously include and almost exclusively be Otani. Um, but that seems insane to me. And like, if that is the case, that is like wild and i think like very disappointing as a Mets fan
2: yeah like if if it's within our grasp 100% we're going to make a a move at it but yeah i think it would be stupid to think that we're
0: not going to Try to field a winning a winning team at least, you know, um, right, or like that we're gonna make no improvements to this lineup, right? You think we're gonna end the series or end? We're we're gonna end the series getting swept by the Royals? Or we're gonna end the season maybe in fourth place, and Steve Cohen's gonna be like, ah, we're gonna be in fourth place again next year. All this money that I spent on this team and, you know, that I know is gonna is competitive, I know can win games. Like, I'm just happy being in fourth place. No, of course not. Do we move Pete?
2: <laughs> Do we move Pete as Pete uh, Wall? question
0: tough question that i don't want to think about right now <laughs> the trade deadline is passed and pete has not been traded so i don't want to think about trading pete until it gets to the offseason to be completely frank
1: <laughs> yeah cohen did make a comment that he had a conversation with pete after the deadline um i think to just like kind of talk to him and like probably i i don't obviously know what was said but i assume like talk about the direction of the team and like his future in it. Uh, obviously who knows what was said there, but uh, they did have a conversation according to reports. Yeah.
0: Mm. I think there's too much. I think there's a lot to lose if you don't resign Pete, but anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the direction of the Mets. Um, it's a lot is up in the air. It feels um, it'll be, this will be a really interesting off season. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season pans out. Um, I hope we find a lot of things to talk about
1: continuing on this podcast, as there are not many Mets wins to be looked forward to. (laughs) I'm telling you, we're going to make a run and we're going to get close in September. I made a bet with David on Tuesday that the Mets would be at some point in September within two games of a playoff spot. That's quite a bet. I, I, uh, I, I believe it. It's so it would be so messy to sell everybody and then get close and then not make it, right? I mean that <laughs> it's just too much like the Mets for it to not happen.
2: I agree. We're, we'll make the wild card and have like a depleted like rotation and have like no pitchers. Exactly, we're gonna get close and like if we had kept people, maybe we would have made it. Like that's what's going happen. Brooks That'll Raley be- is gonna like start our game for us. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, all right. So I think that might probably wrap up our feelings about the the direction, unless we have more comments. I think we can talk about this for for, yeah, for, I, for I, much I, I longer. We need more
1: feelings to talk about, but we, we can we can save it for off. We
0: can move on for now. I'm sure our feelings will develop as the season goes on too, and we'll have more things to say. Um, what I was thinking we could do in this next segment is sort of go through the six players that were traded. Um, we've gotten sort of familiar with all of them, except minus maybe Dominic Leone, who <laughs> but I, anyway. I, I think it'd be nice to just sort of s- s- try to remember where we stand with all these players uh, as they have, as they are no longer Mets. Because um, I certainly have a lot to say about Max Schroeder <laughs> I, I have good things to say about Canna and Fam as well, though. Um, all right. So the first player who was traded this trade deadline week was David Robertson. Um, I'm upset. You're upset. I'm upset. Yeah, you liked him.
2: I liked him. I think it's mostly like fantasy team related, you know, <laughs> you know, he provided a lot of saves for me, but also, you know, I feel like he stepped up, like he filled a position that he wasn't scheduled for. Right. You know, when he was signed in the off season, he was supposed to be the setup man for Edward Diaz and Edwin Diaz did not, you know, come to the ballpark this year. Yeah. So, you know, I know Robertson did a very good job. I think the Phillies last year, like, on their, like, their playoff run. I think that's where we got him from. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was traded from, the Cubs last year to the Phillies, I think. Um, And he he pitched out, like, lights out for them in that run.
2: And, like, he was coming in to fill a role as, like, a setup guy. And, you know, he had to convert to a closer. Not much different, but at the same time, you know, it, it is different. And he stepped up, and I'm upset that he went, but he was a good arm. He's a little old, yeah. but we got a good return.
1: I'm honestly pretty indifferent on David Robertson. Like, I really enjoyed him as a Met. He was seemed like a nice nice enough guy. He, he pitched really well for us, but, like, he was a Met for half season. Eh. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we got a good return for him. Um, he's already blown a save in uh, in Miami. His first game in, he let up three runs in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, lost to the Phillies one to nothing. Uh, Alcondra had pitched eight shutout innings. Oh, gave it over to David Robertson and... good.
2: He's, he's, he's still a man. He's yeah. still a man. He's a counter agent. <laughs>
1: there you go. Well, he also he also used to play for the Phillies, so he, he might have been a sleeper agent for the Phillies too. There. That's
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I I agree. I think Robertson. Was just solid. I think that's what Buck said. He's like Robbie's been a rock or something. Like I, I agree. He was solid. Just like seemed like a good teammate. Just like got in, pitched, did his job. Um, but no, I don't. I
2: also don't have any special affection for him necessarily. If if it wasn't for my fantasy team, I wouldn't really give two yeah. two craps about him. But you know, <laughs> it, uh, All it right. hits home.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I like. I hope he plays well, and we'll see. If the Marlins uh, make a run, he might be part of that. Uh, next up is the big dog, Max Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer played a season and a half for the New York Mets. Um, he had a really good year last year. Um, yeah, his ERA was I think the Best ERA of his career. Best ERA of his Best. career. Yeah. Definitely the fewest innings of his career though. Sure. Um, sure. So that is obviously the trade off with you know the pitcher who's almost 40 years old um
2: ample size
0: yeah but um generally i mean yeah i mean i feel like thankful for his his, his uh his pitching last year that's your boy he, de- he definitely fell off yeah i mean max scherzer has that's been on my fantasy team for, yeah. for, for forever um i think i think i i'm not allowed to keep him this coming year which is fine fine
1: fine fine by me, <laughs> he course, yeah. fine by me. um long time is your only pitcher too
0: i know i know I, your, your you know.
1: strategy of one pitcher <laughs> and, <laughs>
0: strategy of one pitcher then bench him it's great um i i, I win i win some weeks um,
1: yeah, <laughs> it, it works out more it works out often i feel like works, like consider
0: i don't really time. sell my lineup and i just leave my closers in like <laughs> it's great more, than <laughs> more than less uh, yeah nine not last place um me <laughs> uh but yeah no scherzer yeah like i think was was grateful to see him pitching alongside like Degrom and bassett last year that was super neat especially considering like how long he dominated in the nl east in washington That's um true. but it definitely started to feel like you know he was running he definitely felt like he ran out of gas at the end of last year um he it felt like he choked those big moments like the like the wild card game he gave him four home runs Like, it's hard to, that's hard to sit with. Like, you're supposed to be the guy? You're supposed to be, like, Mad Max? Like, you're the guy who shines in these pressure moments? Um, And then he also had the game in Atlanta, that last series, last year as well. Um, So it's tough. And then I think, like, I, he really started to grow on me this year. And I um, just got tired of him. He's giving up a lot of home runs, like. There's always an issue with something now. I mean, he's getting older. He doesn't want to admit it. It feels like, like not taking responsibility for his, his age and whatever. I mean, sticky stuff on his fingers. Yeah, all the oh, I completely forgot
2: about the sticky stuff scandal this year. <laughs> that's like that's how, it that's like, how
0: far away that is.
2: Second home stand where we lose our pitcher for 10, 10 games. I know. It's like oh, I got nothing. Just dude, like. You're supposed to be the ace, like you got to just
0: play better. Um, and he's like, I don't know. I always felt like he was sidestepping things, and uh, the home runs. I mean, he was he always always felt like he gave up a lot of home runs, even when he had yeah, his Cy Young years. Career, I think, even the um, a- his,
1: his career years that was like that. Yeah, but
0: as as he becomes, you know, less effective over time and pitches fewer innings and gets hurt more often, like the home runs hurt a little more because he's not striking out as many people and he's not staying in the game as long as he used
2: to. But that, um, but that's a, that's a shame about this season because in the beginning, him and Verlander had horrible beginning of the seasons. Like if they, Verlander was injured and Scherzer was um, suspended for ten games, and then they, they had really bad outings, and they finally like in this in July they really turned their shit around, and they were pitching great, like. If if they had that stuff from the get go, we wouldn't be, you know, six games be- back from the wild card. We'd be like six games up from the wild card.
1: One thing that's like kind of lost in this, and we haven't talked about it. Uh, it's actually our first podcast since the end of July. But the Mets had the second best record in the NL in July. Like, mm-hmm. I think we were fourteen and nine, um, or fourteen and six, something like fourteen and six, maybe. I don't know. We we maybe not six, but we. Had the second best record in the NL in July, the third best record in the majors in July. Um, that's really starting to click. Um, but obviously, you know, they decided that we didn't gain a lot of games even with that. Right. Um, so, but like, as far as Scherzer goes, like, I actually really enjoyed him as a Met, even with the sticky stuff. Like, I bought, I bought still buy his explanation about it. I'm like, not.
0: Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not really no, it. same, same.
1: Uh, but like, I really disliked him as a national. Um, I think it's just the years of beating down the Mets. Um, but like now, let's, like you get to see him every day, and you get to see him at the dugout every day, and like on game days all the time. Like I grew up, I grew up to appreciate him a lot more um, yeah, I than I did. Character. Yeah, exactly. And like seeing how much of a gamer he is, like always talking baseball, always like in the dugout, like doing doing his thing into the game i like it was, i can't believe it was last year he got thrown out of a game he wasn't even pitching in for mm-hmm. arguing balls and strikes like i love that like yeah I, so i am upset to see him go obviously he wasn't doing great this year and wasn't really helping us win um mm-hmm. but I, I i really got an appreciation for scherzer this like this year and a half that we've had him um so i i appreciate him as a met.
0: yeah i i like that point i like that that uh that point of view because he definitely, I think he's the type of character that can be kind of polarizing because he's like, he's such a gamer and he wants to win so bad that it can, some I feel like it can maybe come off
1: as abrasive of sometimes. Um, and, and certainly like, did when he was on the Nationals. Like, I, I hate oh, him. Oh, yeah. Was, like, such a douchebag. That, like, I know.
2: I, of course. And yeah. like, as somebody who's like, just like a Mets fan, like primarily more than like a baseball fan, like right. if it came down to like Hall of Fame and like, oh, like Max Serge is like up for the vote, like just... If he was not a met i'd sit there and be like oh, okay like whatever like yeah he was good he, he should get in whatever like i don't care but like seeing his time as them as a met i would be like no no like he deserves it like you know seeing like the ins and outs of how like dedicated he is like he'll stand up for other players uh-huh. more than himself like he's He's somebody that like appreciates the game of baseball in and of itself, yeah, more yeah. so than like what he's doing, and you know, it's rare like nowadays. I I appreciate I appreciate you this, these
0: these points of view because I'm I can't say I was the, the biggest Scherzer fan, but it's good to be reminded of the things that he did he did really well here, um, and, and you know and you, can't you can't really, really blame like... you can't really blame someone for like you know losing losing it a little bit as they turn 38 years old um and yeah, you know not exactly. having the same stuff which is i think that's,
1: the expectation that you you have for someone who's getting paid 43 million dollars you know but that's he's, much on us for giving a contract like that to a player that like that age right? i mean like that has to be expected when you give that kind of contract you're paying for past services not future services like almost
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. but isn't he also like one of like the representatives like in the players uh, association or players yeah. union like yeah. he's, he's, he's he's an, an advocate, advocate. For- for his opponents his teammates for for all of baseball like you know you have to to give it up to somebody like that
0: i agree i I agree i think he's he's he does a good job he has done a good job on that regard
2: um our
1: next uh next player to talk about in chronological order of being traded is uh (laughs) mark (laughs) canna like banana um and i say it like that because to me, Sorry. that is his most lasting memory as a match. I completely um, agree. <laughs> the, like, and it's not even him that said it. That was his wife the next day. Yeah. Um, he was being interviewed on for remember. He's being interviewed on ESPN uh, during the like in game interview, and the announcers are like, "Oh, we read that like the original Portuguese like pronunciation of your name should be Kanya. Like, can we call you Kanya?" And he's like. Whatever. <laughs> he's and, like, yeah, I'm and, like, they proceed a to like, call him Kanye the rest of the game, like douchebags, like you know how he pronounces his name. And then the next day, his like wife like basically like, sent out something in social media, like it's not Kanye, it's Kana, like banana. And like <laughs> that is the but always stuck with me. And like, and like I think he's like memed pretty well for that, like, that big hug that he gave. Nemo. Nemo, yeah, yeah, after home run. Um, that like Philadelphia game where he like went off that game we were actually at. Um, for uh, he a had the grand run. slam
0: and the two run home run of the ninth. That's right. In yeah, three hour rain delay.
1: Yes, yes. Um, so like, but even for anything, for nothing else, I'm gonna remember him for I don't like banana. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a solid player for us. He gave us a great year last year. What I like probably one of the best like years we've gotten from like a random sign. Um, and obviously he fell off a lot this year, but I enjoyed him. He's yeah, he'll probably fade from my memory though pretty quickly, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree. I, I think yeah, solid, like
0: um an all around like pretty good player. Like utility played first base, like that's true. right played left field, uh, played, played right, played a, play a right field, played a little bit of right field, play a little bit of center field. He was my pick for most positions this year, right? Oh, that's I think he still might win that, to be <laughs> honest, even after being traded. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, unless Rafael Ortega or whoever wants to, <laughs> <laughs> wants to or whoever fucking they call up is going to play like six positions. Ronnie Mauricio, you're in. You're going to play every position because we need you to put you somewhere. Um, also, I mean, I remember Canna for just getting hit by pitch like literally every week. Oh my God. And yeah. just wearing it. Just like taking the hit and getting down to first base and getting With on. With a smile.
2: With a smile. We'll just take it. So, just a solid dude. Just took the hit by pitch. <laughs> He's a big foodie. Uh, on Instagram his name is Big Bigly Foo- Foodie and every time he goes to like a, like a different city like he posts like different meals he gets yeah, yeah I know. What, what a shame he
0: got traded to Milwaukee and he'll just have to eat freaking cheese um, <laughs> that's all he'll eat um okay um, next person uh a short one Justin Verlander
2: um,
1: um yeah, definitely a short one. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Like kind of nothing um, Verlander, honestly. Like, He's nice to have for the three months he pitched for us. Yeah, um, We started on the DL. Yeah. I, um, yeah. When, when yeah. you start for us, like mid-May,
2: um, yeah. June, July, like two and a half months. <laughs> like, yeah. Nothing, nothing great at first, but then like he really started to shine in July the entire match team. Yeah, he did great in July. I mean, he was was good. I I mean,
1: nothing against him. I just like, I feel like we didn't really get a sense of who he was uh, um, as a person or a player. um, Like we may have gotten from someone else, from other players. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I I agree. I mean, I think I would have liked to see him, I would have liked to see him more obviously, I would like to see another, another season of him or at least finish out the yeah. season because he's he's a lot of fun to watch. He's like really, really dominant on the mound. Um, you, he's in still a got and he's still got it. I'm saying it's not like he's right. We didn't get rid of him because he sucks, you know. What I'm saying <laughs> we got rid of him because it was the opportunity. He doesn't um, look
2: like Cookie, he doesn't look like Cookie, out there. Does not look like no Cookie out there.
0: Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see him continue to pitch because he's just he's just dominant, like in the same way that like I enjoyed watching DeGrom pitch. Um, yeah, I enjoyed right. watching Verlander pitch which I can't say the same about Scherzer like Scherzer is like all right he's good but like there's something about Verlander throwing him like this guy is in command this guy is just like fluid
1: he like knows what he's doing and he controls the game one thing I you see from him a lot that like I feel like we haven't seen from a lot of Mets starters especially in the last like four or five years is that like looping curveball uh love to watch it. like so rare that we see that in the Mets they're all about that like hard slider a lot of the yeah. Mets um, I feel like that's what they teach in the farm system in the Mets I feel like that's probably what Jeremy Hefner is and like Dan warden before him was always like hammering into the pitchers like that, that sharp slider and like seeing that looping curveball is just like an interesting thing to see that we, we don't get a lot of those Mets hands I love it
2: uh, yeah that's a really good call um, all right you gotta, you gotta, get a knuckleball back. Oh, I I wish. Is there I anybody wish. in league
1: right now who's throwing knuckles?
2: I don't think so. Huh. I think there might be. I thought I might have heard someone. We'll have to I look, look it's into like that. An off pitch, but like not their primary. Yeah. Got it.
0: Um, all right. Next Next guy up, Tony Pham. <laughs> Tony Pham. <laughs> As you've said, Steve, multiple times, I'll probably forget he's Met
1: in like a month. But Yeah, I feel like I called this like two months ago. <laughs> 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 like, um... So I feel like we got a good sense of who he was as, like, a player and a person. Like, super gamer, super intense. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the best Major League talent, uh, but hit the ball hard, just always ready to play, even though maybe a little meshugana. Um <laughs> <laughs> But, like, yeah, I feel like he was a gamer, and it was, like, he played hard all the time. And, like, yeah. how much more can you ask for, for, like, especially someone who's signed is, like, a bit, pl- like, a role player. Like, he yeah. wasn't signed to a starter. He won the job, and, like, what
2: more can you ask for? He played hard every day. Yeah, I, I uh, was reading a a Reddit article I think Eric posted it about like some of um, the Korean players that played with him. I, I think it was like G-, G Man Choi and some of the other. Yeah, I think, well. they, I think they were like on a podcast and they were talking about Tommy Pham. And you know, like they really like hyped up like how like intensive a guy he was. Like he. He's, like, an unspoken gamer. Like, you know, he's out there. He he wants to play. Like, he wants to, like, shut people up. And, you know, I know that we spoke at at length about, like, some of his controversies with some of his teammates earlier in the year. But, like, not for nothing, like, I kind of, like, have a soft spot in my heart for somebody who's, like, that intense. Like, you know, you care about something that much. Like, you know, you're out here doing what you're doing. Like, this is... At the end of the day it's your job like he cares about it like this is what makes him money you know glad that he turned it on for us at the end of the year and became like a, like a pseudo fan favorite but i agree with you steve like he's not going to be somebody we we remember after this agreed
0: um all right and our last person on this
1: was dominic leon okay Who? okay okay <laughs> I mean, yeah, found a youth. Happy to see him go. Didn't want to see him here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: cool. He seemed, he seemed like he was he was liked in the clubhouse among the pitchers and stuff. And mm-hmm. I liked, you know, what, what small things I saw of him. But on the field, it was eh. So, my opinion yeah. is eh. All right. Well, those are all the Mets that were traded. Um, this trade deadline... Sad to see some of them go. Sad to see all of them go. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're officially pulling the cord on on the 2023 Mets, it feels like, or at least the front yeah. office has. Um, you know, you can't speak for the players and the clubhouse and how they feel about what they want to do with the rest of the season. But, um, yeah, it's yeah. Certainly, it certainly feels like <laughs> we're, we're shutting the door on this season. Well, they, they, the Mets may have shut the door on
1: the season. We will be with you to the better end
0: that's exactly right every week we'll find something to talk about we'll, we'll find some good stuff I, I have some fun ideas for some segments coming up um we can get some music in here we get some clips some people talking you know we'll be all right
1: Ooh,
2: do meet the mets
1: oh Maya yeah. told me she's working on a new uh a new uh intro for us also oh all right okay <laughs> see trade
0: deadline we traded for <laughs> for a new theme song um all righty. Well, I think this should probably wrap us up. Um thanks for sticking with us this whole season to all our listeners. Um We're yet. with you. We're with you as you are with the Mets. Um we'll continue to be here every week. Uh having a lot of fun. We'll find we'll we'll have fun the rest of the season even if we're not slated to win. Um <laughs> So <would> always... we <laughs> Um yeah, so if you have any questions, concerns uh, fan mail, hate mail, ideas for new segments, things you'd like to see us talk about at the end of the season, um, please shoot us an email at foolishlyfaithfulmetspot at gmail.com or you can send us a DM on Instagram, foolishly underscore faithful. Um, so on behalf of Steve and Ray, I'm Eric. LFGM still. LFGM. As always. LFGM till the bitter end.
2: Till I die.
0: Till I die. Thanks everyone.